guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 233. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we are talking about Uncharted, starring Tom Holland and a seemingly timeless Mark Wahlberg. Before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Please try to leave a rating, uh, a five-star rating if you could, and maybe even a review. That'd be fantastic. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3DrinksInPod. You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us at 3DrinksInPodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, don't forget to check out our our merchandise over there at tpublic.com. All right. I've had the worst time talking the last few days. I don't know what it is. The mess came off at work, and now I'm just... You know, I'm not used to yelling and not like talking and not yelling. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's like that thing when like Marshall's like, "What do I do with my hands in a <laughs> in a casual picture? Like, what do I do with my hands?" It's good. It's good for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, my whole lower jaw is that, and my and my lips got all chapped because like I've been having you know I've had the mask on for like two years, and so your lips can't get chapped if they're covered with with a mask. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so. I'm a mess right now. It's exciting. How are you? Uh, I, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right. Uncharted, which began its pre-production, or rather it's, it's not pre-production, but like its development in 2008, I think is what I read. Uh, probably. Wikipedia. It's been in, yeah. in, in the works for a while. Yeah, they've been trying to make this one forever. Um, and like, I didn't think it would ever get made, honestly. So like, I was like, I'm not going to believe it's a real movie until I'm actually watching it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then the pandemic hit and I pulled it you know, from theaters for a while. So it didn't have a lot going for it. You know, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play Tom Holland's character. <laughs> yeah, and now he plays the old guy. Now he's the older character because it was in development hell for so long. So, in the um, in the game, which I do want to talk a lot about, um, that's like an older, sort of grizzled, white-haired kind of character. Yeah, he's supposed to be older in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. He's older. Yeah. Because yeah. they were they, they were trying to like make up for the fact that Mark that Mark Wahlberg hasn't aged much since Fear. And yeah. he's like, I can't run. I've got a bad ankle. Like he's just like he didn't do a lot of the action stuff, even though he's in better shape than Tom Holland. Not by a lot. Tom Holland was in remarkable physical condition for this role. But, yeah, um, he was. Like, what was that thing he was doing? Like a combination chin up and push up at the same time. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, all right, guys, I got three of these in me. One take. Let's go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, did I tell you what I what I, what I learned from? I don't know if it was a podcast or it's just in like a, a thing I read with Henry Cavill about doing shirtless scenes in movies. Like how was he was eating wood chips? <laughs> that, but also, and this is this this is the part that really kind of went, huh? It's not just that they work with a trainer eight hours a day, and you know they they their diet is extraordinarily restrictive, but on the days where they're going to be filming themselves without a shirt on, they have to stop drinking water three days before. Hmm. 
that's part of the so dehydration is a part of the process because your you know your skin like the rest of your body is made up almost entirely of water and so if you start to if you stop drinking um you'll notice that your skin begins to tighten around your bones and your and your muscles and so that's what allows them to film you shirtless in that sort of superhero type of body without having to do too much you know crappy CGI hmm. so yeah no it's uh, that which like you know i we we kind of tease all these actors like um what's the other chris from Parks and Rec who went on to play in Guardians of the Galaxy chris Pratt? Pratt thing. I couldn't think of this. So many Chris's. But like, you know, his whole thing was that he was kind of a schlubby, com- you know, comedy actor years ago. And then he got cast in this role. And all of a sudden he's just jacked. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's amazing. But it's also like, well, if you if you got paid to work out, you would look like that, too. Like if your entire job depended on you doing that, it just sort of makes it easier than you know, tacking on a 20-minute spitting class at the end of your, you know, of a tough work week. It's not quite the same thing coming home at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and exercising, you know. it's Yeah. It's different. But I mean, you know, it. It's. I think it's. it also shows that it's doable for pretty much anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, with the right, you know, studio-hired trainer, you could pretty much... Well, <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to argue with you about it. <laughs> Anyway, what do you think about Uncharted? Um, well, let's talk about the game first because you you played these games a lot. There have been four of them, five of them. Yeah, there's four of them. There's four uh, of them. on the Playstations, and there's a couple of handhelds. Yeah. So, I played it a little bit, but so what is it about the game that you like so much? Because this, this this was definitely one of those ones that was. Like in your like top five in terms of certainly I, I guess in terms of, of franchises, if not games. Yeah, well, I mean the games are supposed to be these uh, they're action games where you shoot a bunch of people in the face, and they're basically like Tomb Raider and Indiana Jones mixed together, where you do a lot of climbing, you go through all these ancient puzzles, and um, you know you're searching for treasure, and you get to the end, and there's some sort of um, supernatural feeling to the thing, and then the guy goes home happy. And um, you know, the first one's fine, but then as they make, they kept making them, they got more outlandish in terms of action, but they also got better in terms of like how the characters interact. So, you know, the main guy is Nathan, and he's got Sully as his mentor, but also his friend, and he's got the girl, and there's all these double crosses and things like that. So the games are already pretty cinematic as it is. And that's what everybody was saying about the movie. Like, oh, they should really make a movie out of it because it's basically a movie already, Um, which isn't true, (laughs) which is what people always get confused about video games. They're not movies, Um, but they're just supposed to be like fun action yarns in the vein of pulpy Indiana Jones style dialogue, that kind of thing. So that's basically what this was supposed to be. And we saw Tomb Raider with, uh, what is that girl's name? Uh, the, she's the Danish that, girl? Vikander, right? That's her last name? Yeah, Alicia, I want to say. Uh, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. And that was pretty much a ripoff of Uncharted when that game came out. They like rebooted that. And, and then, you know, 
that that's kind of what you were expecting where people go to these far-flung places they decipher maps they get shot at a bunch of times and then they get the treasure at the end it, it's pretty established formula at this point yeah but the games are a lot of fun because um they're meant to be fun they're, they're supposed to be larger than life kind of action games yeah but i mean grounded and somewhat you know not not too too goofy or you know too supernaturally he's still running around doing you know i think that's what makes indiana jones sort of you know great is that like 98 percent of the time it's just a guy climbing over under or through something and getting shot at or doing some shooting and you know the the mystical element is present the whole time it kind of what's you know gives the whole thing an, an, an air of mystery um but it's you know it's kind of a you know joe sweatsock archaeologist kind of a feel to it it's not you know it's not too academic but he's not an idiot kind of a thing and right it, yeah it's not supposed to be you know super heady and the supernatural stuff is still supposed to be like scientific enough you know like it's not exactly magic it's just something they don't understand right and they never get really a chance to explain it because it usually ends up blowing up by the end of it anyway so you know i mean you only played the first one right i played a little bit of it i didn't see what what i found interesting about it and this will connect to you know what we say about the film is it was a lot slower than i thought like there's you know, like playing Call of Duty, which you and I have been doing a fair amount of recently, as kind of a, a, um, a throwback, you know, there's not a lot of thinking going on in that game. You know, there's a, a little bit of strategy, especially in, in some of the, you know, the 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 the, the, co- the cooperative missions that we played together recently. But on the whole, you see a guy, you kill a guy, you move on to the next one. You know, Assassin's Creed is actually fairly fast-paced you know, in terms of running there's you know there's thinking in there and there's puzzles in there but it's sort of not the main thing this because you're not a superman of any kind you know you're just slightly more agile you know it was just it was a lot slower than i thought there was more sort of sneaking around and there was more you know more more puzzles to figure out initially both on a grander scale and on and on a small scale so i ended up just not having enough patience for it. like i just didn't what if i I don't know when I played it exactly, but I just didn't. It kind of wasn't what I expected, and I, I'm, I'm sure if I go back and play it now, I'd like it. But um, but the pace of yeah. it was a lot more. It was a lot different than what I expected. Not not say it was bad. It was just like threw me off. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, and that's too bad because like the the second one is better by leaps and bounds. Like the first Uncharted's a little rough because it's I I, it takes place all on one island. You know, and there are those sections where he's like sort of stumbling around and like if you make him jump off a ledge, he'll just fall to his death, which is which happened far too often. And in the second one, they were like, let's just do action set pieces while he so like he's not just on an island. He's in a city. He's uh, jumping off helicopters and things like that. uh, It's a bit more robust <laughs> yeah which which happens when you get a bigger budget you know when the when when, when the first game is hit i think i began playing that second one i didn't play the first one because of because of, of what you of what you just said it's just a better yeah. experience to be with the second one so but so 
based on your, you know, prolonged experience with the game, why don't you tell us what you thought of this before I do? Because I have less of a thing to go off of here. Well, I mean, the movie isn't very good. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I saw it a week ago, and I'm having trouble remembering exactly what happened in it. Um, it's... <sighs> they never take the right lessons from these things where it's, you know, let's, let's take the things that they like from the games and just shove them in the movies, but they skip a lot of the stuff that happens in terms of like the character stuff and the, and the puzzle stuff. Like everybody was complaining in the reviews for this one that they just sort of um, like when there isn't any action, you can feel the whole movie just sink down because they're just spouting exposition, which is what they were doing. And in the games, that's something that the player is doing to make them move. So, like, you have to solve the puzzle. And in these films, they always feel like, well, no one's shooting each other, so we just need to have them spew out the exposition so we can get to the next shooting thing. But those are the moments when the characters should be talking and getting to know each other and, and like, learning to care about one another and developing relationships. And they always just skip that stuff. And this movie really needed that because... Without the shooting, I'm not sure what else there was to watch. You know, if you're watching a movie about where Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland are supposed to become partners and they trust one another, we're not seeing them do a lot of that stuff. If anything, I always felt like there was always like a third wheel in the scene that was ruining that. Like there was the other girl, there was the bad guy, um, there was the other bad guy. Like everybody just told Tom Holland how bad Mark Wahlberg was, you know. But let's yeah, there was let's never see any them indication do that, that he was actually that bad of a guy, right? Yeah. So let let's see him do that stuff. You know, well, it, this was supposed to be like the origin story of where they become friends and everything, but it was really not well done. It was sort of half-assed, which was yeah. a bummer. I also think Mark Wahlberg was horribly miscast. Him and Tom Holland have no chemistry whatsoever. No. It was like no, he was reading don't. off cue cards and they were both just sort of shrugging like, we're in this movie, right? Like, well, did, Was it just me or were they not in the same movie? Like, No, well, they, they didn't. They didn't gel. I mean, normally when you say they have chemistry, you talk about men and women characters like falling in love and whatever. But even as buddies, like they don't even look like they look like happy to see each other. Well, you know, but like what I'm what I'm wondering was like, how often do you think they actually film together? Because if you go if you go back and watch it again or like I mean, I picked it up, I picked it up on the first time. Since Mark Wahlberg can't seem to do anything and he's relegated to the older man in the chair status, basically. Um, there's a lot of like single shots of Mark Wahlberg looking in a manhole cover or like talking on the phone while standing in a Papa John's being like, you know, where are you guys and turn left and, you know, throw me the rope, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. And yeah. they're, they're never in the same scene. Like they have a scene in the car. They have a scene trying to think of where they all were in like the apartment in the bar i could think of maybe five or six that i could really swear to god they were in the same room and even then there's movie magic to make it look like de niro and pacino are actually you know sitting at that diner like there's 
it's entirely possible they just didn't film the movie together because you're right, they don't have any chemistry. It's as almost as if they were never really long in, like, in the same room long enough to develop it. And it could mm-hmm. be just that Mark Wahlberg's a kind of a weird guy. You know, he's both very down to earth and very Hollywood all at the same time. And Tom Holland is, you know, young and a superstar and like the closest thing we have to an like an actual new genuine uh, 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 movie star. But um yeah, but they didn't they didn't have any that, you know, je ne sais quoi that you would get from being in the same room as somebody else. Uh yeah. I mean I guess I didn't really notice that Mark Wahlberg wasn't there was only one part where I really noticed that he wasn't doing anything. And I kind of like laughed in the theater. So at the end when they're in the helicopters and they're flying the the pirate ships out with a helicopter and the helicopter has the pirate ship on like uh what is that like a big net with like uh, sure like the cable hanging from the helicopter. Yeah. And he's he's climbing up the cable to get into the helicopter and kick the pilot out. And at one point He's like starting to climb, and the next thing you know, he's just in the helicopter. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I, I guess he climbed that extremely dangerous thing as it was moving seventy miles an hour through the air." <laughs> like, we're just gonna we're just gonna skip that part. Carrying a bag of gold bricks in a backpack. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it was really jarring. I mean, I was like, "Well, yeah. well I guess we're done here." Like, I actually right. missed that part. I just <laughs> seen yeah. him like looking down into the sewer, like, "Hey guys, you there? You there? Hey guys, you know." Yeah. Like, you know like a lost dog. <laughs> it was, yeah. I, he just wasn't good at that, at that kind of a character. You don't believe that he's old enough, and uh, like he's supposed, he's supposed to be different things that don't mesh. He's supposed to be this wiser, older character who's seen it all, and he's like, but he's also supposed to be like the the doddering grandpa who doesn't know how anything works. Yeah, how can he, you how can you be both of those things? <laughs> no, he he he, and like and then get into fights and like, I'm trying to think who would have played that part. Like it, yeah. like in his prime, I'm thinking like Brian Dennehy. When he was younger, would have been a great Sully. Okay, you know, I could have seen that Robert Duvall when you know when in like. In like the late eighties, you know, would have been like right, like an older in his, but someone that looks capable, like they, like they, like they, they're just too old for this shit, you know. Danny Glover would have been a good choice, you know. Like this is that's the kind of part that it is. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, he's he's no spring chicken. Maybe he's fifty, but a, a lot of clean living and prayer have made sure that he doesn't look like he's fifty. Yeah, and like I, I understand that this is supposed to be when they're younger from the games. Like, if you don't know the games, it doesn't really matter because Tom Holland looks like he's fifteen, no matter yeah. how old he gets. Yeah, seriously. But but even then, I still didn't think that he he still looked too young, and they were they kept jumping back and forth between whether he was supposed to be old and incapable or just like old and and weathered. And I was like, he doesn't look like either of these things. Yeah, he could still he probably still could have been Nathan Drake. Oh, well, and, okay, so that brings me to the other thing about this, was that probably, yes, he definitely should have been, because the little of the game that I know, what's interesting about the character is that he has history, and he's interesting, even if you don't know what that history is. And 
it's you know it's the history, the mystery of a person. It's what makes Indiana Jones Indiana Jones is he's not fourteen, you know, or rather I should say he's not twenty two, you know. The young Indiana Jones that was a good TV show because it showed you like how he learned to be Indiana Jones by going through some crazy stuff when he was a kid. But by the time you meet him when he's in his late thirties, early forties, like it's more interesting to watch somebody in that position go through something difficult. You know, watching Tom Holland, who, you know, will never be in better shape the rest of his life, you know, jump and run around and do things. Yeah, it's impressive, but I I believe it. It doesn't help that he he was Spider-Man a minute ago. And so, like, yeah. jumping off a tree doesn't really seem to be stretching his, you know, his placement in my head is like, you can do more than that. Why don't you just swing the webs around? Like, it just... I had to turn that um, part of my brain off for a minute. And he said that like this was a much harder shoot because he wasn't he wasn't CGI for most of it. You know, yeah, they made him do a lot of that over stuff. tables and then running across like the Spanish cities and stuff. He's like, I had to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's 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 hard when you're used to being like, okay, jump on the top of this, like jump on the hood of the car. Okay, get down. We'll just do the rest on the computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, makes it easy for him. What makes the character so engaging is like the wise crackingness that he that he put that he gives to it, which is you know, it's in you know it's informed by the age of the character, which is a little bit wiser than you know the guy that Tom Holland was playing. And I get they're trying to tell an or an, an origin story, but my point is that's dumb. They should stop telling origin stories, especially now that we know what they all are. Like we know what the origin stories for all all of these characters are. There are yeah young kids who don't know, but we're not worried about getting them to the movie. You know, like these these characters exist in in the culture to a certain extent that it doesn't really matter how they got there. You know, that was the best thing about the Spider Man movies that Tom Holland was in was they didn't do the backstory and. Not only was that great to introduce, to, you know, it was a different way to introduce the character, but as it turned out, it was how they were able to point out the fact that the entire MCU is not in the sort of standard Spider-Man, you know, number one, um, you know, Spider-Verse universe. Like, it's actually not the one that we're thinking of, and it's, you know, which made it really interesting. And, you know, by... By not casting Nathan Fillion in this role, I think they 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 lost out on who would have been the actual best person. Now, I don't know how young he is now, Nathan Fillion. He's you know his his new his, oh, his new show on. I, I don't know if you've seen this the uh, the show The Rookie. No, he's too old to be this character. <laughs> right, he's too old for Sully. He's too young for Sully. Too too old to play uh, Nathan. But like in. In his, you know, Firefly days, this is who you would have wanted to be, Nathan sure. Drake, because he just because he has personality. Tom Holland is okay. He's certainly really good at Spider Man. Doesn't have a ton of personality, and and having him talk to Antonio Banderas was just like you know, it's like me fighting Mike Tyson. Like it's just as far as the you know, having charisma goes, no one has more charisma, and like. I always think about how they used to make fun of Antonio Banderas years ago because he 
he seemed to be kind of a one note Johnny. Like there was there wasn't much to him. He was just handsome and Spanish and you know, Chris Catan did a great bit on SNL where he did the 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 Antonio Banderas How Do You Say Ah Yes show. And I always really liked that because it was like, yeah, he kind of seemed like an airhead. Like it just did you know, like being Spanish meant he was stupid also. But as it turns out He's extraordinarily talented. He's a very good actor, and he just oozes sex no matter what he's doing. It just like he's so when they killed him, I was really pissed. I was like, "Oh come well, on!" I thought it was. I was shocked to know he was even in the movie because I didn't know that until I think I saw a poster or something, and like he's on the poster, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And Antonio Banderas is in this movie. I didn't know that. And I'm like, "Oh, he's the bad guy." Like. I mean, I know he's not like famous enough that anyone really cares, but I, I was just surprised that he's not like he's nobody either, and that they weren't talking about him at all. I mean, they were just talking about Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, which makes sense because those are your biggest movie stars. But I was like, you know, if you have if you have more for a film franchise that you don't know will work, and a, a game franchise that popular, yes, but not everyone played it, wouldn't you want to hype it? Like everybody that you know in the movie, like, hey, we also have this and we also have that. And yeah, it seemed odd to exclude him when the rest of the cast is rounded out by a bunch of, I, I, I don't want to say nobodies because someone knows who they are. Like the girl <laughs> I Googled who is not Australian. Like the girl was not, um, you know, Australian. She's actually American, I think. She was, she, she was on Grey's Anatomy. So it's like, you know, they've all done something. I don't know about the uh, but the black actress with the short hair who I felt really got. I, I don't know. She really got short shrifted. I felt. I because she's supposed to be like you know she's the bad guy who's begins as, as a henchman but kind of kills the super bad guy and takes over the whole operation, which logistically speaking is somewhat fraught. But okay, that's pretty brazen. And somehow she was able to, you know, manage the rest of the heist. But like, there's so there's the scene where Mark Wahlberg steals the cross in the confusion by putting on the red jacket and you know taking the box and, and then slipping out the back door. And he runs into her and she's got the knife to her throat. She's like, "I'm going to kill you." And then the most awkward scene happens, where three guys walk up to them, not in red jackets. So you think, oh, they're with her because they look like henchmen. It's not the Scottish guy, but like three oh, random yeah. dudes just show that up. That is an awkward scene. And he's like, oh, thank God you guys are here. She's going to steal the cross. And he walks away from her and she doesn't like stop him. And it, the, I guess the whole thing is supposed to be like, you know, the fake backup comes or whatever. Like whatever, like Mark Warren plays up like, you know, he really works there. <laughs> he just walks out of the room, and you see her fighting those three guys over his shoulder for two seconds. I'm like, wouldn't that have been a good opportunity to show you how terrifying that character is? Well, he just makes a little quip like, oh, those poor bastards, they're going to get it. And uh, and like you see for a minute that she is beating them up. And I'm like, shouldn't he start running? If she's going to make quick work of them, why is he like slowly walking away? <laughs> yeah, so there was like no, there was no tension in that scene, and it was a real missed opportunity to demonstrate whatever Bond villain s type skills this woman had. 
Like there was nothing to 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 suggest she was particularly competent at, at anything in this movie. Yeah. Except they, again, they they kept telling you she's really competent. <laughs> you just never get to see it. And then also like he like puts on the red jacket and acts like he works there, even though he was just wandering around and everyone saw him. <laughs> yeah. People are chatting with him like it's not a yeah, big room, like, everybody. Like, <laughs> like I don't understand. Like, didn't they just realize that that that's <laughs> he was one of the guests there or something? Yeah, and it was very odd. Yeah, it's not not so, terribly well thought out. No. Um, I also thought it was shot like a TBS made-for-TV movie. Like, yeah, it was just it was extraordinarily generic. Flat, flat angles and uh, you know quick cuts for action and like bad CGI. I was like, oh, this is really. Yeah. They didn't put any extra effort into this. I mean. It wasn't necessarily incompetently shot by a long like it like you know the opening scene when he's hanging out of the plane. That's a good way to begin the movie, and then you jump back a few days and like, you know, it held my attention during the action sequences, and so like I can't say it was bad or confusing or, you know, but I also kind of gave it a pass on a lot of things. It could be like, well. It's a video game movie because they clearly leaned into that super hard to say that, like, we, you know, because I believe that airplane thing is pulled directly from one of the games, right? Uh, so that's not, but so the auction house scene is, um, him that the airplane thing with, oh, you mean the airplane when they're over the desert or the, over the water and stuff. Yeah, the opening scene when he's like, oh, you know, yeah, that's... Gun jumping from like all the the cargo that's tethered to the back of the plane. Yeah, that's from one of the games. I thought you meant the one where they were lifting up the pirate ship. Um, pirate ships. <laughs> no, pirate ships were in one of them. That's even too dumb for the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, even in yeah, even in the game when they find the pirate ship full of booty like that, they don't try to lift it out. <laughs> it's the Philippines. Fact, it's... It on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know what? That's actually just as as unbelievable as as lifting the damn ships out because they're so wood rotten at that point they would just disintegrate. Yeah, that's they're not they're not great. It's a moist <laughs> place. Was, it's the Philippines. <laughs> at least that was more exciting because they were like stuck in it. <laughs> oh just no! Flying in midair. It, 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 it would have been you know generally more plausible. Not to mention, and I don't mean to nitpick. <laughs> But in order to lift up something with a net, you have to get the net under that thing. Thinking the same thing <laughs> when it happened. I was like, how are they getting it underneath the ship? I mean, I took like levers and pulleys in like second grade. So, yeah, this is like sixth grade technology class where you got to like, okay, well, we're, well, what we're going to do is we're going to build a, a bridge out of coffee stirrers. And... That will yep. teach you how to get a net under a 400-year-old ship. And we'll just put stuff that's heavy on top of it, and whoever's doesn't break gets an A. <laughs> like, okay. Seriously. So but, um, so they took all that stuff from the game. So they're so like, we're making a whole new story for this movie. I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, wait. No, they're not. <laughs> so I know exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. But um, but like I mean, it was entertaining enough. Like everyone here is just competent 
just competent enough that the only times that I was really bored during the movie were the talky exposition scenes that like weren't necessary and like where you're craving like a little bit of development of the character like everyone is pretty much the same as at the beginning as they are at the end there's no no one is different everyone's you know everyone kind of has all the skills that they need you know when they the whole thing starts and it's hard to write a movie about a video game character getting his skills because that takes time in the video game like you you know if you want to level up you know it doesn't happen in a, you know in, in a couple of instances like there was something else we we watched i can't recall what it was but i think it might have been like a video game based thing where you actually got to watch the character level up as the whole thing progressed like here it was kind of obvious too like he begins to lose articles of clothing and by the end of the movie he looks like the character from the game you know so like he loses the 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 the, the leather jacket and he puts on the the Henley shirt with the with the ring and then he gets the holster for the gun and like there's like the big point of him putting that on like and yeah that's when they started playing the actual theme music from the game and like i had forgotten what it was and i was like oh yeah i know this like oh yeah we're watching an uncharted movie because <laughs> yeah. at that point it felt a little generic <laughs> yeah i mean it's extremely competent it's extremely generic it's very mediocre and is it a missed opportunity or is it i mean it was by the way very successful like they had made 50 million dollars which is no joke you know yeah i'm a little surprised you know i think people in podcasts that that i listened to were saying that like well it's the ip the ip is what what sold what sold it and i'm like i don't know that that's entirely true i don't i have no data to back this up it's a very popular video game but video game movies are still niche in a way like they can be immensely popular but it's like one of those things. It's like, it's like on Twitter. There's nobody there. They're just all very loud. And so video game fans, just like Star Wars fans used to be years ago, are just, you know, they're not always a majority, but they're certainly the loudest people in the room, depending on what you're talking about. And so I wonder if Tom Holland really did sort of push this thing because, you know, people really love Spider-Man and it just made a billion dollars. You know, like Spider-Man basically brought the film industry out of the pandemic. That's not a small thing. You know, bef- like right now, like we live in New York. New York has been one of the strictest states when it comes to COVID-19 mitigation measures. And, you know, only just recently, today is Thursday. Yesterday was the first day I was able to go to my job without wearing a mask. That was March second. You know, Spider Man Away from from Home came out in December, right? Uh yeah. December. Yeah. And so like yes, most of the country was pretty much open for business by December, even though there was a big surge with the Omicron variant. But everyone still went to the damn movie. They went to it overseas, they went to it here. And after that everyone's like, Oh, okay. Well, everyone went to go see it. It made a gajillion dollars. And the you know the death toll didn't didn't skyrocket, and I really feel that people like that was it. We're back now. We're done. We're st- there's still going to be some you know economic things that have to do with keeping movies on 
on streaming services like you know like Encanto and other things from uh, f- uh, from Disney. But you know we're not at full steam, but we're everyone's just kind of shrugging things off now and, and moving forward. And I think that because they all went to go see Spider Man. They said, oh, look, it's a new Tom Holland action movie. It's like, okay, sure. Nothing else is playing now. You know, it's just you know, yeah, reissued Oscar baits. There's nothing else to watch. Yeah, so it, it, it made a lot of money as a result of this. But is is this as good as we're going to get from a movie based on a, on a video game? Or are we relegated to... Varying degrees of meh when it comes to this particular source of IP. Well, I mean, I I don't think they're going to get any better than this. I'm always astounded at how badly they botch all of them. You know, and it doesn't seem to matter who they get to direct and act in them. You know, because like when they had Assassin's Creed come out with Michael Fassbender... I was like, oh man, like that's a great idea. You know, it's these, it's not like we're doing Super Mario where there's no plot at all. Like you have plots to these, you have stories. You know, these games take 40, 50 hours to play if you watch all the cutscenes. And yet they're all, you know, I couldn't watch Assassin's Creed. I turned it off. I was like, this I, I got good. about 15 minutes in and I was, I was appalled. And I, I, and like I wasn't very disappointed. Like what, you know, like I was for, other things but i kind of had like maybe this will be the one because there's so much not not a ton of character but like room for character you could make your you know you could really develop a character in that i mean basically assassin's creed is the matrix meets you know aliens you know meets superman meets you know some kind of a his- historical bent whether it's pirates or um, you know, fourteenth century Italy, whatever it is, or you know, like this is, you've got all that that you you can pull as much or as, or as little as you want from that, and they threw it all away. <laughs> the thing they had him in, you know. So if for those unaware, the, the video game has you get into a box like a coffin like you know like neo from from the matrix get plugged into a machine and you know it's some nonsense about like reliving the memories of your ancestors which are encoded in your dna there's some sort of like science fiction alien type stuff that makes that plausible but you know whatever go with it and you know you get it into the machine, and then you run around Renaissance Italy and, you know, stab guys in the neck with your hidden blade and do all kinds of fun things like jumping from, from rooftop to rooftop. In the movie, what did they have him do? They had him, like, in a on an arm in a giant room where he was, like, kicking and screaming? Like, what the hell was yeah, that? Yeah, they had, they had him just strapped up to this giant, like, where he could move around. So whatever he was experiencing in his brain, he would, like, act out. Like he could do it in in where he was unencumbered and stuff. So, what was the point of that? I think, from what I remember, it wasn't the point. Was that like he was learning the skills as he was performing them in his brain? But you could just say he's learning the skills. I mean, that's what they did in the Matrix. Like we're just we're uploading these kung fu moves to Keanu Reeves's brain, and just now he knows kung fu. And like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I mean. The problem with these video game movies is that 
there's always going to be that disconnect where you're not doing something because a movie is a passive thing and a video game is is active you have to move the characters around and then you have to fix the stakes because i mean i can't tell you how many times in uncharted i died jumping off the wrong cliff <laughs> because <laughs> because the controls weren't very good so he like he would just fall to and ragdolled all the way down a pit and i'd be like that's not a bitch but like tom holland's not going to do that so you can't have him dangle off a thing every five seconds because I know he's going to make it because it's a movie. And, you know, th- those scenes where you're just doing exposition before you get to the next shoot 'em up scene, you know, you have to fill those with something. And it obviously can be done because Indiana Jones did it and did it well. Like there's the whole scene where they're talking to like the old man with the crystal piece to figure out where they're supposed to be digging in the desert for treasure they're they're not even doing it they're just you know talking and yet you're fascinated watching them figure out the puzzle and stuff like that or the whole scene where they're talking to the two men from from the army and they're (laughs) explaining what the arc is i mean that's just 10 minutes of setup right but you get a lot of exposition and character development in that scene you see how excited he becomes explaining everything you know, you see how he's not taken seriously because the two men look at him like he's nuts. I mean, it's all done subtly and stuff like that. There's nothing in this that's like that. Tom Holland just knows everything. And Sully just shrugs and goes, I guess he knows it. Smart kid. You know? Yeah. But no, but there's... those are the moments where they should look at each other and Sully should have a newfound respect. And Tom Holland's character should feel that now, you know, being an orphan who just steals from people in his bartending job, maybe his skills are actually worth something to someone and he should actually use them for more than just swindling people, you know, like character development. Let's try it. Everybody. One, two, three. (laughs) Yeah. No one learns. No one grows. It's like watching Seinfeld. You know, like it's just everyone does what they do and then it's over. And that works in a 22 minute TV show about, you know, basically inane social commentary. But in a swashbuckling adventure, like somebody has to like make some kind of progress and they just they do not they do doesn't not have do to be it. Citizen Kane, but No. But it like, needs to be a reason we're going on this adventure with you, you know? I mean when I hear George Lucas and even Spielberg talk about making Indiana Jones, they talk about it kind of dismissively. And I can't tell if it's just because they're both really talented guys. You know who 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 look at at what they you know what they were trying to make and you know George Lucas always kind of like doesn't deride what what he creates but he's just like these are things for children these are lighthearted things and it's like okay yeah George that's true and yeah Indiana Jones is based off of a, a thousand pulp characters from the forties but what they were doing with that stuff was so much more interesting than the stuff that we get now with these movies. And it's not like it's that different in terms of its structure. It's kind of the same movie, you know, but there's, you know, the characters actually start off one way and kind of end up another way, or at least you see them learning stuff. Like Indiana Jones isn't hugely different from the beginning to the end, but you're right. That scene where they take the, um, the headpiece to the staff of Ra, what is is a headpiece to the staff of Ra? <laughs> when they take that to the old man who barely speaks English or doesn't speak English, and like Salah is is translating for him, that there's that great moment 
when they 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 like doing the math and they go, wait a minute, Belloc's staff is too long. They're digging in the wrong place, and like the way they say it, they almost sing it. Like it's great, and John, John Reese Davies is phenomenal in it. And then they catches the date as the dead monkey is there, and like that's just fantastic. And it's just two guys discovering something at the same time, and the audience knowing what that means. <laughs> in here, you know, Tom Holland knows everything. You know, you don't see him figure things out. You like they. They, you know, he's like, I don't know, you got to find a tree in Spain. <laughs> and they go, look at all the trees, kid, all these trees. And then, yeah, like, thought- we'll just go to this church. I know which one it is. And you go, how did you know it was that one? Oh, I thought about it on the way. Yeah, I thought there'd be <laughs> like, more of that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that you need in these, that people expect in these adventure things. Like, there needs to be some sort of mystery that needs to be solved. And, and the games have that. They're disguised as puzzles. You know, like we're stuck in a room. There's four symbols on the wall. How do we find our way out of this? And one of the mechanics in the game is that Drake has a little notebook that he takes notes in as the game goes on. And you have to look at the notes and figure the puzzle out. And usually they're pretty simple, you know, and the game gives you hints. But 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 you need those in one of these things, you know, like the mystery is part of the fun. You know, just watching them wander from place to place you know, that's the same as they said it. Like, if you like National Treasure, you'll be watching a movie like that. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you if it's better or worse, but it's, it's <laughs> you'll be watching movie. a movie like that. <laughs> you know, which is the same thing. Like, and I think that people like that because it was so ridiculous that Nicolas Cage would steal the Declaration of Independence and, like, you know, <laughs> hold it up over a, a glow light to find a magic map on it or something. Y- you need that stuff to be, to, be fun for it's part of the silliness and all those games had that you know they were searching for shangri-la magic pirate island that had like where they stored all their gold this didn't really have that i forgot what they were searching for like halfway through the movie they were like oh yeah magellan that's right magellan's gold which i mean i guess that could be a thing i've heard of magellan i've heard of gold that was a person it's, that's a desirable thing. Um, yeah, I, I, the ones in the game were much more interesting. I I did find a lot of... The one thing about this I thought was really cheesy was sort of like the world that they were in. Like, there was nothing to, to make the whole thing feel lived in or real. Um, Like the map that they're trying to steal in the beginning of the movie like when 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 his brother and him break into that museum in Boston um that map was drawn by my 5 year old like it's colorful and bright and very obviously like it's not it's the kind of map you would see in a video game that had that has to be bright enough and clear enough for you to understand this red line is Magellan's course like uh, yeah. no Magellan didn't draw a line of where he went I mean maybe he did I don't know but it just seems ridiculous and they even mentioned, it looked like, brand spanking new. Like he didn't actually make it all the way. <laughs> like they didn't even do a good job setting that up. Like I wasn't sure who, who'd gotten so far, but like some of them came home and they split the treasure up and the 18 they, like, they kept referring to. Uh, yeah, but I felt like some scenes got cut or they just like sketch over it. And I was like, I can't even remember what they're doing here. I know they're searching for treasure. 
but like it, it was such an afterthought. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're going to go after a MacGuffin, it helps if it, if I know what it is and why it's important. Yeah. The Especially if it's gold, it's gold. Like, okay, but why this gold? I mean, the, the other is, thing about this is so much work. <laughs> yeah. And his, his goal wasn't really even that. Like, he wanted to find the gold, but he was also interested in learning about his brother. And I think he had thought that, like, I forget at what point he learns his brother is dead. But he's already in it, you know, so he kind of goes along thinking, well, maybe I'll find Sam or whatever his name was. Um, and so his goal is different. And then he finds out that the brother died. And then he finds out that the, you know, the, the black lady killed him. But, of course, you know he's not dead because he's, he's not, not dead. dead. <laughs> no. Which is also um, taken from the games. Yeah, no, he he becomes the, the Dread Pirate Roberts or something like that. Like it's, you know, but so like his his motivation isn't the goal; it's something else. But then when he finds out that his brother is dead, or you know, even 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 though it isn't true, he just goes after the gold. Like once you find out that your brother is dead, I guess the consolation prize is five billion dollars of gold, but. Also, what were they going to do to get the five billion dollars in gold back to where? Like, it just at that point, there's no plan. Well, I think the the plan is okay if you don't think there's bad guys right behind you. Like, you probably figure you have time to get it out of there if you're not being chased by gun-toting lunatics. <laughs> I suppose because that's what happens in most of these games you're racing against someone else even indiana jones had this like sure there's no hurry unless some other psychopath is going for it so like you need to have a ticking clock on you and and all those things have that but like i don't know like it just that would have been another opportunity for character development if if he said if if, if he finds out the brother is dead and it's just like you know what the hell with this i'm not even gonna bother you can go get the gold all you want like this it's, it's, it's probably not not even there and somehow like he kind of gives up on the whole thing but you know then he finds it in him like this is my thing i'm gonna be a treasure hunter i'm gonna go you know like he just there's no change there he could have abandoned the whole enterprise when it, when he realized that his brother is gone well he, and he says that but then he sticks with it. He's like, I don't care. I'm only here for my brother. And then when he finds out that the brother's not alive, he's like, well, I guess I'll keep going. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Again, they did a lot of t- talking and not doing. And that's what makes movies bad. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't have any high hopes for the movie when it came out. I mean, I mean, I'm old enough now to know that these things are never good. But also that the, the games are so much better that like even if they stink, I'm like well, I can just always play the game. Like what was I expecting, you know? Yeah. So there were five girls in front of me, and one of them was a big fan because she kept cheering at every little like silly nod to the game. Mm. But I think they were only there because every time Tom Holland came on the screen, they like gasped a little. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a preview. See, like a collective inhale. <laughs> yeah, there was like a <gasps> You know, I'm like <laughs> I just sat right behind them, like okay, he's a dream. Why they're here? I was well, the youngest person in my theater by twenty years. Yeah, well, that's unusual. <laughs> I was stunned, but like, so it was Tuesday, and the local theater over here, 
they're actually barely alive. I don't know how they made it through the pandemic because <laughs> did, um, did they sit through the whole the whole movie? The whole movie they did, and they were wrapped by it. I mean, this was it's Tuesday night, which is five dollar night, which used to not include Sony movies. You used to go, and if you, if you were seeing something made by by Warner Brothers or, or Disney, it was five bucks. But if it was a Sony picture like this was, it was not. They like Sony wouldn't wouldn't let you discount their their movies. But they, now they don't care. They're like, yeah, sure, fine, five bucks, no big deal. They're yeah, only sure. open now like Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturday, and I think Sunday. Like they can't even operate the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And like I actually, when when I checked when I checked showtimes, they actually had early showings. They had like an old you know like a one o'clock showing, which is. Nice because on that rare day that I'm off and I have like an afternoon to kill, like going to the movies is a really great thing to do. But no theater around here has been able to sustain business to be open at noon. Yeah, and so the ones around here are the same way. I think one o'clock is like the earliest now. Yeah, they just, they, I, just they I used to go at nine. <laughs> yeah, I used to be, used to go sometimes at ten o'clock in the morning. You know, one day, like I, I, I had a thing to do. I, I, and, and, and I had to take a personal day from work. I saw Venom at like you know eleven thirty in, in the morning. Yeah, but um, so one of the people I listened to talking about this movie was talking about um, the Last of Us, and yeah, they're making a HBO series out of that one. Yeah, and I was. I mean, I don't think I'll see it because The Last of Us was terrifying, and like, I wanted to play that movie. I wanted to play play that game really badly because I could tell it was really good, and but like, it was super hard. And this, and the second one is the most gorgeous, haunting game I will never play again because it was so emotionally gut wrenching. (laughs) Yeah, everyone who's played that (laughs) is just like, there. You, you, it to me that seems like a turning point in the medium that you could say, okay, this is what we can achieve with this. No one thought we can go from Pong to this. And it seems like it's the Zenith until we transition entirely into VR. <laughs> and then you get to actually hug people. Yeah. It's, it's a little full of itself and pretentious, um, but it, it is good at what it does. They made the fourth Uncharted like that too. So the first three Uncharted's were made by, I mean, they're all made by the same company, but there was a different a woman was the head of the like the directing of those games, and she was big on like you know the pulpy attitude, the funny quips, the gunplay, and they were making the fourth game, and she quit halfway through. Some there was a big shakeup at the company. She didn't want to, you know something happened, so she left, and. Like they had put out trailers for it and everything. And his brother was going to be like the bad guy. And then when they took over and like the last of us crew took over and finished it, they had changed so much that the brother was now the good guy. And the game was much more serious and like a little bit slower paced. And I was like, this is still fun, but this is still like, this is not, this is more like the last of us than an uncharted game. I was very surprised they did that. So, I don't know what that HBO show is going to be like. I'm sure it'll be rough. <laughs> well, I think it's actually a better a better format for these kind of stories because the person that was talking, I can't remember which which podcast this was, said like the movies, the, the games take hours, 
So to try to truncate the whole thing, and which is what they try and do, is they take a whole idea or story and they just kind of smush it down into one movie. And you don't have to do that. You could tell smaller stories with the same characters. It doesn't have to be a grand epic event every time. It can be a big action blockbuster movie, but be character focused enough to, you know, which would make it small and give you, you know, and let you tell, a, you know, a story within the time frame a lot, um, a, a given to you. But a TV show seems better in general if you're looking to make a version of this as a, you know, as a drama, you know, you, you need more, you, you need a few hours to do it. And so you're better off doing it in eight or 13 episodes versus, you know, two and a half, three hours, God forbid. So, but, uh, I mean, I, I won't see it cause it's just freaking terrifying, but, um, it'll look great and it'll, it'll be, it'll be marketed really well. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. So, um, so I'm trying to think, do we, do we, do we, do we do a quick ranking of the worst video game movies of all time or just like a, like how many have you seen? No. Well, they're all terrible. They're all terrible, but they're, <laughs> they're all, they're all terrible. Some, some of them are worse than others. Some, some are less terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I always thought it was funny that one of the highest raters, one highest rated ones on those was like Mortal Kombat from the nineties. Like, yeah, that's a, pr- that's not a good movie, but no. it's a pretty good adaptation of what that movie should be. Like it was all kinds of silly and campy and like goofy enough that you're like, this is not the worst thing I've ever seen before. No, you but know? Like, and then you see like the super Mario movie with John Leguizamo and you want to gouge your eyeballs out. <laughs> that's I mean, the worst one I've ever seen. There, there are books written about that movie. I mean, just about how, what was his, um, Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins, that's who played? Bob Hoskins. Yeah, just how they were drunk all the time. They were just day drinking just to get through it because it was so, and then Dennis Hopper, by the way, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I, I can't imagine what they were thinking. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying for a couple of years now and I just... You know, because the whole thing was so insane. I'm looking at the list of the live action ones. And like, I think some of the highest ones are the Mortal Kombat from the 90s, not the new one. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Which I saw the trailer for for the sequel to that. Yeah, they're making a sequel. Starring Jim Carrey. Uh, Detective Pikachu. That's up there for some reason. Yeah, it's supposed to be Ryan Reynolds. Supposed to be funny, and then everything else is just horrendous. Max Payne, um, The Need for Speed, you know, Warcraft. All those movies are garbage. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's a shame because I actually think that there are ways to tell stories using these IPs. If that's a a term, I'm 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 not sure if you can pluralize IP, but. You could tell a story, but it seems to me that everybody's got to, you got to make it a video game movie. But they can't just make a movie based on a video game. It's got to be like, you know, it's like one of the things that I liked about like, 
I guess they there was all kinds of legal things, but when they did the Martin Luther King Jr. movie, like they didn't do the I Have a Dream speech because it's just too well known. They did something different. And there was other things, I think, involved with that that made them make that choice. Well, you know, I wonder how much of that they feel that they have to put in there. You know, I mean, like in this one, they took scenes of action. I think they some of it's because it was laziness. <laughs> like, well, why don't we just use the airplane scene? That was exciting. And some of it is like, Remember, he has to be wearing that holster around him by the end of the movie. Even though I don't think he fires a gun maybe once. I mean, in the, yeah, the game, he shoots, he murders like hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this, it's always like, just kick the guy and just, you know, because like it's supposed to be a bit more realistic. So, but they said like he's got to have the shirt half tucked in with the jeans on. That's what he yeah, wears. That's true. In the game. <laughs> I can see like, look, you can yeah. see his belt, right? It's not completely tucked it's, in. Right, like that—that's his, like his style, and and like they like you have to have those things, whether that makes the film better or not. They just gotta shoehorn it in there, and they, and they do that with a lot of video game movies. Like, you know, it might upset the people who come to see it, but I mean, those sorts of things I don't think are that important. No, what? So the best, the best adaptation, I think I've seen recently. Believe it or not, is the movie Lincoln. <laughs> because what they did with that movie was they didn't try to tell, like, the story of Abraham Lincoln. They didn't try to tell the story of even Lincoln during the Civil War. They decided that, like, okay, we're going to tell us the story of the passage of the 13th Amendment, which is full of drama all by itself, but it also provides a wonderful opportunity to do character studies of all the people involved, namely Abraham Lincoln. And so rather than bog, get bogged down in all the things you have to hit, because like, like, if you imagine what it would be like to do like you know Lincoln from 1860 to 1865, and trying to make a two-hour movie about that, it'd be insane because you'd have to be at the Gettysburg Address and this and that, and you know. But you ch- tell the story about one event that just happens to feature these people. That's very hard. It's not easy. I mean, Tony Kushner is a really good writer because he understands structure way better than you'd think after seeing. You know the seven-hour Angels in America from the 1990s, but like he knows how to structure a story, and you know they can do that with these things if they want to. They just choose to tell the whole story, or at least to say, okay, we need a setup movie, a middle one, and then the the trilogy, you know, ending. And you know they. Uh, they can't help themselves but do that. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. Make it small. Make the stakes more personal. Don't make them so, you know. And if you want to try to, you know, m- you know, make them personal, don't don't also have, like, a giant action piece, on, like, just stapled on top of it for no reason whatsoever. Like, keep the focus tiny. I don't know. I... Yeah. I had very low expectations and they were met. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I could um, use a little I, bit more humor too. Yes, true. He's not quippy and fun enough. He's just kind of like still very serious and earnest. Uh, uh, the one part that was like 
Did you catch it? The jarring part where he they walk into that church and they're looking for the crypt and everything, and he sees the nun, and he's like, "Why did it have to be nuns?" And they're making a joke about Indiana Jones, and I was like, "Why is that supposed to be a joke?" And it was like an hour later, it just suddenly hit me like, "Oh, we went to that boarding school or whatever orphanage, yeah, that orphanage." And it didn't hit me until like he was in like a gunfight, like it just suddenly popped into my brain. I was like, "Oh, I see what they were doing." Uh, that wasn't that funny. Oh, why did it have to be nuns? Why did it have to be nuns? Did he have a bad experience with the nuns? They were nice to him. I, I don't I mean, know. Just say, I don't know. <laughs> the thing that really, so two things really, like I, I was okay with the flying pirate ships. Not great, but okay. But the two things that drove me crazy was that like his cell phone got wet a lot and didn't die. <laughs> like he got like I was thinking that too. I was like, all the times that like I don't know, we we saw or read somewhere years ago. Like, what is it that cell phones have ruined? And someone said pool parties, because now yeah. like you can't get pushed in a pool for losing. You know, it's gonna cost you a thousand dollars to get a new phone if you get pushed into a pool. Um, and the other thing that drove me crazy was so the car that um. Uh, the big red car that that's in the plane is a 300 SL. It's a it's in reality that car costs about two million dollars because they're really rare. They didn't they didn't make very many of them, and it's a really unique car at the gullwing doors and the whole thing. It's already a very small car. Oh, that they were supposed to be sitting inside of it. <laughs> in order for them to realistically film what they did. They would have had to have no joke been dismembered below the armpits. Like the only thing left of them would have been like their upper chest, their hands, and their heads. Like uh, yeah. the trunk of that. Cause I just watched a video where a guy gave you a tour of that car. It is so small. It's, it was a race car, and the trunk is filled with the spare tire. Even if, but if you take out the spare tire. I mean, you probably even couldn't you couldn't get a carry on in there. Like it's really very tight. So you put two giant guys in that thing. I was just like, "Oh come on!" <laughs> and then like, they, that's another one of those where they just skip how they got in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just they're just in there. That's true. You know, you know? Well, look, like we. We we're we're nearby with binoculars. I mean, yeah, like I get it that they you, I don't have to see everything, but like the cut is so jarring. Again, I'm just like, oh, they somehow got across that enormous tarmac, <laughs> and now they're in this little trunk. Like, how did they close it while they were inside? I, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, no, but and then they pl- did they plan to jump out of the plane? Like they open it and look around, and like, oh, because the door's already open. It's like now's our chance to escape. And I was like, but what if they weren't doing that? Were they going to just <laughs> jump out of the plane? <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's not clear. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, don't. I would not recommend this film. Would you recommend play, this play the? No, go play the games. The games are great. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. Well, if you guys out there have any thoughts that you want to share with us about Uncharted or Tom Holland or Mark Wahlberg or Antonio Banderas, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. You can let us know on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, don't forget the Tea Public merchandise store for all your three drinks in podcast merchandising needs. Is that everything? Uh, that's it. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.